Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Okay, so we're, we're talking about um, the Valley of Ahinoam. That's, that's how you say it. So we're going to talk about the Valley of Waste. It's interesting that this is the last valley that the Lord gave me. It's called the Valley of of waste. So I want to talk a little bit about this valley, and uh, this should not take us very long at all because I couldn't find out a whole lot of stuff about this particular valley, but what I found I think is going to be very intriguing. So the, the, the Hinnom Valley, it received its name from Hinnom, who was a guy in the Old Testament who actually made his children walk in the fire so that he can worship the god Molech. This is also the area where Solomon, he built some altars to Molech because, you know, uh, King Solomon had some women who were outside of who he should have married. And so in order to please those women he married outside of the church, he had to erect some things and he had to do some things just to please them. So it's interesting that a lot of people in the natural right now will marry people outside of the church. Don't worship God. Don't have a relationship so you will find yourself trying to compromise so that you can please that person. It's the same thing. So we look at Solomon. I can't believe Solomon did it, but we do it all the time. Okay, I'm going to keep on preaching anyway. So Ahaz and Manasseh, they also made their children pass through the fire in the valley of Hanim. Now, what is the punishment for this blatant disobedience? Now, this particular area is called Gahina or Hanim. They are the same. When you say Gahina or Hanim, they are the same. As a matter of fact, Gahina is the transliteration of the sons of Hanim. Okay, so when I say either or, they are the exact same place. So Kahina became a garbage dump and a cesspool for the city. And they always had to burn all the all the the junk and the refuse and everything that they brought outside of the camp. It had to be burned. So there was a fire going on all the time. This is also where the place where they would dump the bodies after people would die. If they didn't have uh, 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 any money, they would dump all the corpses in this particular valley. When they would crucify people, they would dump them in this particular valley where all the corpses were and all the dead animals would go into this particular valley. This was not a place where you wanted to hang out. This particular valley was full of gnats and flies. It was funky. It was smelly. You would just walk by the place and you you couldn't haul. It was so repulsive, you didn't even want to go by this particular place. And this valley, the valley of Gahina, also to get access to the valley, you had to go through the dome gate. Glory to God. There, there were a multiplicity of different gates. I think I found maybe about 14 different gates in the Old Testament that the Bible talked about. There was a spring gate, a fountain gate, and so forth and so on. But the one gate that really intrigued me was called the dome gate. Somebody said dome gate. The dome gate really intrigued me. And so I got to talk a little bit about this dome gate because Jerusalem, even though it had a number of gates, uh, this dome gate really, it captured my attention. And you're going to see why in a second. So historically, back 2,500 years ago, there, there was no sewer system. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, there was no way to just, you know, right now we just go and flush and, and you know, we, we do our stuff and we hit a little button and boom, it's gone. Where it goes, I don't care. <laughs> as long as it don't come back, praise God. So, so, so we have a sewer system. 
2,500 years ago, they didn't have that. So what they would do in, in cities like that, they, they, they would have to, you know, do that business in a bucket or, or something like that. And, and then they would have to take that bucket through the dome gate to the valley of Gehenna. And so whatever it was. Now, you know, there were no cars back then. They had animals. So the animals would defecate all over the place, too. So the streets needed to be clean. So what would they do? They would scrape up all the defecation from the animals. They would put it in a bucket. Where do we take it? Through the town gate, because they had to take it out to the valley of Hanim. And so they would take all the refuge, all, all of that stinky stuff would go through the town gate. Why? Because you can't keep the city clean if it's full of dome. Oh, if it's full of waste, how can it represent God? And so there was a process that the people had to go through so that they can make sure that the city stays clean. Is this making sense at all? Yes. Somebody say the dong gate. Yes. Moses had two million people in his church and no toilet. <laughs> now that's a stinking mess. That's a stinking mess. I know a lot of pastors pray for sheep, but with a sheep, they let off something. You got a lot of sheep, you're going to have a whole lot of dung, too. I'm telling you, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it, amen. You got to deal with a lot of dung. You got a lot of sheep. I, lo I like my few sheep. Because the more sheep you got, <laughs> can somebody say amen? <laughs> uh, you can't say he ain't talking about me because you got it. You got it. Oh, everybody got it. Amen. If you don't, that's your problem. <laughs> and so in the book of Deuteronomy, now listen to this. This was in the book of Deuteronomy, guys. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 12 and 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You can write it down and put it in your notes. It says, mark off an area outside the camp for a latrine. So even Moses said, listen, you got to take your waste up out of here. Don't be dropping your little stuff up in here and leaving it up in here. This is the camp. This place needs to be clean. You can't allow stuff to stay in the camp. You have to be willing to deal with the stinking mess, but you don't put up with it. You put it out. And you got to put it out through the dome gate. I'm trying to walk you slow because this dome gate messed me up. Because I just saw so many parallels of the dome gate and what we're going through in church. Moses said this, mark off an area outside the camp for a latrine. Each of you, somebody said each of us. Each of he says, each of you should have a spade, which is a shovel, as part of your equipment. <laughs> Whenever you relieve yourself, you must dig a hole with the spade and cover, cover it up, right? And so in other words, Moses says, don't leave the waste exposed. See, when you leave the waste exposed, somebody else can slip on it. Uh-huh. See, when you refuse to address the waste in the camp, other people slip on the waste. Uh, they slip on it because they slip into it. Glory to God. Why? Because if you refuse to deal with the waste, if you refuse to deal with the sin in the church, then other people can slip into that sin. 
Come on, talk to me, somebody. That's why we have to teach truth in the house of God, because I don't want you slipping on the waist. Uh huh. I'm going to keep on teaching it. I'm going to keep on teaching it. You're going to get it in a minute. There are two valuable lessons about the dong gate that I want to talk to you about. One lesson is about the importance of health, and the other one is instructive for holiness. So the importance for health and the instructive for holiness. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody has a part to play. Now, in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 18, I was going to read it, but I'm not going to read it. I'm going to just paraphrase. Apostle Paul instructs us that the body of Christ functions like a human body. So you can go and read it on your own time. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses uh, 12 to 18. Matter of fact, read the whole, just start at chapter 1 and just read the whole thing. And so you'll learn all about it, right? So, so listen, listen, write this down, write this down. Each part of the body needs the other parts to be healthy and function properly. See, all of us have a part to play. So I'm going to give you the natural example, then I'm going to give you uh, the spiritual example. No part of our body can say to another part that it has no need of it. Mm -mm. So, So in other words, saints of God, God has tied us up together. So he says that we really can't mature unless we are linked up together. So if, if our bodies, to, for our bodies to function properly, all, everything has to work in unison. My brain, my fingers, my hand, my toes, my legs, everything has to work in unison. So, so in other words, my fingers can't tell my brain I have no need of you. Because if the brain is missing, the fingers can't work. So in other words, when you come into a church, you can't tell somebody, you know what, you, you, there's no need for you here. Then you can't function properly because you're kicking a part of the body out. Am I painting a picture for you here? So, so when, 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 when we say, I don't like what you do, maybe you don't understand what they should be doing. Or perhaps maybe it's because you're not doing what you need to be doing. Hello, somebody. Because when you got so much time to talk about what everybody else is doing, it means you must not be doing anything. When you got that much time to tell somebody else, you know what you need to be doing? No, they need to turn around and say, no, you know what you need to be doing? See, we can't tell everybody in the church, well, you, you, we don't need you. You're not wanted here. You, 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 you don't have anything to bring to the body of Christ. I don't like the way you look. Like, you look good to everybody. Is this making sense at all? And so when we start talking about this, for our bodies to grow and mature and to function properly, everything in our bodies has to work in unison. It has to, it has to be in the right rhythm with one another. And when things get out of rhythm, when, when our equilibrium gets off, or if we got too much acid in our bodies, or if we got too much alkaline in our bodies, certain things happen in our bodies that can cause something to grow inside of us, and it starts to kill us from the inside out. Hello, somebody. And so we have to keep the body healthy, and you can't do it if the body is full of waste. Yes, yes. Amen. Amen. 
as it is in the natural, so it is spiritually in the body of Christ. You cannot remain divorced from relationships. Uh, uh-huh. So, so here, here's what happens. When you remain divorced from relationships, you get isolated, and then the devil will insulate you, and then you say the problem is with the church. But you're the one that isolated yourself from the church. You're the one that took yourself away from your healthy situation and probably moved into a toxic one. But then there's a problem with the church. Come on now. When you move yourself away from church, away from the things of God, away from the people of God, away from the word of God, away from the worship of God, away from your prayer life, and you move yourself into relationships and toxic situations, then you can't hear from God because you got all this other stuff that's blocking your hearing. And you will have the propensity to blame everybody else for your issues. It's your own dysfunctional fault. Am I helping somebody today? I'm helping myself. I know I am. If I ain't helping you, I'm helping myself. We got to build proper relationships in the body of Christ. God never intended for his church to be so big where you don't know anybody. Even in this, in this ministry, we should know people. And how do you get to know people? Let me give you a scripture. The Bible says to have friends, show yourself friendly. Go up and introduce yourself to somebody. Hi, my name is John. How are you? Can we go get some lunch together? I'd like to get to know you better. Uh, but you don't need the spirit for all that. You don't need to hop by tie, tie your bow tie by yourself a Cadillac. You don't need none of that. You don't have to speak in tongues. All you need to do is show yourself friendly. Build proper peripheral race relationships in the house of God. That's what we should be doing. You should get to know people in the house. If you look around, you say, hmm, I don't know who that is. That's your problem. Get to know who that is. Because when we got four or 500 people up in here, you ain't going to have time to get to know all those folks. You should already have a healthy relationship before we get to that because we're getting there. And me and Elaine don't have time to get to know all those people. So we're going to need you. We're going to need you to get to know them. We're going to need you to teach them this is our expectation of a church. Amen. That's why we let our net work. You throw the net out, the net catches the fish. We're shepherds. We beget other shepherds. Sheep beget sheep. I've never seen a shepherd give birth to sheep. That's, that's not, that ain't right. <laughs> Somebody said that ain't right. If that's going on, man, it's been tapping into stuff too much. He need to tap back. He need to leave that alone right there. Right? But sheep beget. That's why I ask you, I tell you, I, I got some really beautiful invite cards. I tell you, invite people. Why? Because sheep beget sheep. The seats are not going to feel unless you feel it. But I, I always tell you, if you bring them in, I'll give them a word. God already promised me that. You get them in here, they'll get a word from the Lord. Now, they might not like the word. Now, I can't promise you that. But I can promise you I will give you what God gives me. But you also will know I will never dilute or pollute the word no matter who's sitting in these seats. Now, I promise you that. No, it's not going to be diluted. It's not going to be polluted. So, so we're going to give you the word of God. So I want C3 to be the kind of church 
that builds those healthy relationships and that we help people assimilate to the ministry. Does that, does that make sense at all? See, once they, they, they join, then the body of Christ should help them get plugged in. You know, where do you want to serve? What, is, what are you passionate about? What would you like to do? Man, we got a position for you. Oh, you would like to do that? Well, pastor's not doing that right now, so maybe you need to start it. <laughs> Write it down, make it plain, plain give it to him, but be careful because once you give it to him, he's going to make you run it. <laughs> you shouldn't know that about your pastor. If you don't know that about me, something's wrong because I preach it all the time. There's no reason why you should know me in a lane. You know our expectations. We have a great deal of expectations on people, just like you have on us. Oh, let me say that one more time. Because maybe you missed it because, you know, church people, they, they have this propensity to put stuff on pastors that they're not willing to live themselves. And so I just like to keep the record straight. Don't be putting nothing on me that you ain't living. Well, pastor, you're the pastor. You're supposed to be at the church. And what about you? Since you already know what I'm supposed to be doing, <laughs> well, why don't you preach the next Sunday? Since you all, you all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> See, people always try to say, well, well, Pastor, what you need to do. No, no. Slow your roll. No. Yeah, they will do it. They have done it. They didn't last long, but they did it. <laughs> because one thing, you're not going to tell me what I should be doing. See, God tells me what I should be doing. The only thing you can do is confirm what God has already said. It's the same with me telling you. Now, I'm not going to tell you what. That's not my job. I'm the pastor. I'm not your daddy. It's not my job to tell you what you should be doing. What I should say to you is something that God has already spoken to you. I'm only confirming in the natural what God has already said spiritually. And then you get some support behind what you're doing so that if you fall on your face, we just dust your little rear end off and kick you out there again. Hello, somebody. You can't even make a mistake in some churches. But yet we serve a true and living God who has all redemptive power flowing in him. But we don't have any redemption in the church. You should be in a place where you can make a mistake and people are not going to find fault in you. Hello, somebody. I'm setting you up because I make mistakes too. We all make mistakes. And you got to give me and Elaine and all the, the leaders and everybody in the church the, the, the flexibility to make a mistake. Amen. But if I make a drastic mistake, I'm talking about a big one, I will sit myself down. I'm not going to be up here preaching, you, preaching to you and I know I got sin in my life. I'll sit myself down. Church don't have to do that. I'll sit myself down because I need some help. But when the preachers have gotten so arrogant to think that they can just continue in sin and get in the pulpit with that fake anointing, and they, they think loud and spitting and hooping is an anointing. There ain't no anointing. That's a bunch of emotionalism. See, the, the, the reason I know that is because no emotionalism can break a yoke. That's why you got people in the church all messed up, too. They committing adulterous affairs. They're out there fornicating. Why? Because there's waste in the church, and you can't deal with the waste when you got it on your shoes when you're preaching. You're coming in here, and you're trying to address waste, and people looking at you like, well, Pastor, what's that on your shoes, Pastor?
I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, Pastor. But uh, our bodies, God is so awesome. He gave us a, a system. It's an immune system, and 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 that immune system is what we use to fight against those toxins and that poison that's in our bodies because all of these different organs and things that are in our bodies, they all are releasing toxins in our system. And in actuality, our organs are killing us. So, so God also gave us the immunity system so that our organs wouldn't kill us. Hello, somebody. You here with me? Man, I hope this is making sense. And so what God has done for us to release those poisons and, and that waste, God has given us what's called T-cells. Anybody ever heard of T-cells? See, T-cells attack any foreign invaders. Those are the ultimate soldiers, right? Those brothers, you want your soldiers armed, right? So, so they, they kill any foreign invaders. And then your liver, it, get rid of, it, get, it gets rid of all of the toxins found in your food that you eat. Somebody say immunity. <laughs> see, 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 and then your kidneys, it gets rid of all of the toxins in your blood. Hello, somebody. Somebody say immunity. See, God created this for us. Tears wash out the dirt from your eyes. God always has everything in your body to get rid of waste. That's in the natural. So, so, so now, now your bladder and your colon, hallelujah. <laughs> and so your bladder and your, hello, hello, your bladder. Some of y'all can't sit in here for two minutes. Your bladder and your colon, it gets rid of all of the waste. Somebody say waste. And when you got a problem with your bladder or with your colon, that means you're full of waste. And if you're full of waste, it releases toxins in your body and you get sick because you're poisoning yourself. Your lungs get rid of all of the carbon monoxide. In actuality, we're in here killing each other. (laughs) If we had no lungs, we'd be dead. Why? Because we got all this carbon monoxide out there and what our lungs do, it make that exchange. So that we can live and move and have our being. We can breathe, but we're killing each other up in here, really. You let stuff start malfunctioning, you can't even go to church. So just like your body has the immunity system to get rid of toxins, so did Jerusalem. They they had to get rid of all of the, the poison and all of the waste and the toxins, and they took all of that out into the dung gate. And, and, and as it was in the natural, so it is spiritually. So listen, everyone who used the dung gate, they dumped the dung. They didn't bring it back into the city. And no one stayed in the dung. They took the dung through the dung gate to the valley of Gehenna, but it could be burned, and they left the dong there. They came back through the dong gate, back into the camp, back into the city. They didn't bring any dong with them, and they didn't talk about the dong that they left. Oh, I got all sideways on that one right there. We're going to have to hit that one because I got a question. Why are there so many Christians who don't know what to do with their dong? 
because if you don't know what to do with it, I got a title for you, and this is what you are. You are a dome collector. I know it's crude. You're a dome collector. So I want to give you some characteristics of a dome collector. Now, I'm not saying this is you. I'm just saying that it might be you. I'm just saying you might be a, a dome collector if that's how I'm setting this up. Uh, Y'all ready? Put your feet under the. You might be a dome collector if you harbor bitterness, hatred, unbelief, resentment, offenses, disobedience, unforgiveness, racism, arrogance, pride, selfishness. If you're harboring that, you are a dome. You might be a dome collector if you share your dome with everybody who takes a minute to listen. Thereby infecting other people with your waste. There's a difference between people needing help and wanting attention. Let me repeat that one more time. There's a difference between people who need help and all they really want is attention. You might be a dome collector. Y'all getting mighty quiet up in here. Y'all ready for another one? Somebody say, I'm ready, Pastor. You might be a dome collector if your conversations are always about how somebody in the church disappointed or hurt you. It's always somebody else. Always somebody. See, you know what, Pastor? I'd be a better Christian if somebody didn't hurt me. So let me just do a poll. Come on, it's all right. Relax. Y'all so uptight. Relax. Didn't I tell y'all to shake yourself loose earlier? Because I knew what this message was going to be like. Um, how many of you ever been hurt by somebody by sure hand? Just hurt. By sure, just hurt. You know, something, a lot of times they didn't even know they hurt you. So that's pretty much, that's about 100%. That's 100% of 100%. Okay, since everybody's been hurt. So now here's my next question. Do you blame the person who hurt you or did you move on? You got to keep it moving, right? Because if you continually blame the person who hurt you, that means you haven't forgiven them. And, and that first statement, if you harbor unforgiveness, you are a dome collector. Again, I'm not saying this is you. <laughs> so don't, don't stone me. I'm just saying you might harbor some of these behaviors. My daddy said, if it walk like a duck and quack like a geese, then it's a mushroom. So here we go. You might be. Listen, I, t- I told you, I don't know. I just say stuff. It just. Mm. You m- y'all all right? You might be a dome collector. Listen, listen. Ooh. Oh, oh, somebody said, ooh. You might be a dome collector. If you collect other people's dong, allowing them to always dump their toxic conversations and attitudes upon you, you might just be a dong collector. 
You just, you just allow other people just to keep dumping on you with their stuff. And you know, as soon as they leave, you go, Lord, I feel dirty. Don't you know you have the ability to stop that? And stop trying to call it ministry. Well, you know, God wants me to minister to him. Well, is it working? And especially for people who have that gift of mercy. Now, y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm pointing at y'all. When you got the gift of mercy, you would just let people use you and use you and use you and use you. Why? Because they're pulling on your gift. That's why you need somebody strong around you to say, stop, stop. Stop it. Let them folks go on. Listen, if helping somebody else is hurting you, that ain't God. Away with all that old superficial Christian stuff. People get mad at us when we say no. And I talked to our last Sunday when God says no, he means no. And so do I. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just not going to do everything people want us to do. I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not here to meet your every whim and your every, I'm here to be the pastor of this church. And if that's what you need, I'm sorry, this is not your church. Because I refuse to get out of my lane just to please one person in the church. Because that person ain't going to stay no way. So I would rather give into the people who came here with reason, who came here that had a vision to do something, who came here who wanted to be taught something, who came here who just didn't want to be patted on the back and kicked in their rear end. They wanted to come in here so they can be encouraged and strengthened and given some truth. And I just choose to be that kind of pastor. Listen to me close. I'm not changing for Aaron, one of y'all. You might be a dome collector. <laughs> if you refuse to accept apologies and don't forgive. Somebody come to you and say, you know what? You know what? I, I just, I, I need to apologize. <laughs> yeah, it was your fault. You're a dome collector. Why? Because somebody humbled themselves and did what Matthew chapter 18 says, go to your brother. So actually, they were following the Bible, but you, who claimed to be a Bible thumper, was not. But you're always quoting scripture. You ain't nothing but a dome collector. All right, let me give you one more thing. we got to move on. You might be a dome collector if you find fault in everyone except yourself. Somebody said they might be a dome collector. <laughs> Write this down. Don't be a spiritual dome collector because if you harbor dome, you will get spiritually constipated. <laughs> I know. Don't share that one on Facebook. I'm sorry. People might not understand, I don't know. But even if they don't, whatever, I don't care. Because, see, we got a lot of constipated Christians. And, and here's the problem. You can tell because of the wasteful stuff they say that come out of their mouths. <coughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? 
you know, oh, out of one breath, they, oh, praise God, hallelujah, they shake it and got that fake anointing out of one side, and then on the other side, they're cussing somebody out. But then they tend to make excuses because, see, you know what? I ain't perfect. I'm only human, right? You're a dome collector. Why? Because you put expectations on other people that you don't put on yourself. Yes, God. I'm so free right now. Y'all just don't know. <laughs> Somebody say I'm free. Someone say I'm free of waste. Mm-hmm. See, you could tell when... People are like this because they make a certain face <laughs> when they in church. A lot of times they're greeting at the door. Good morning. <laughs> How you doing? Come on in here, baby. Get on in there. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all all right? <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody said, don't be a bone collector. Come on, don't be a bone collector. So that's the importance of your health. But let's look at the, uh, the, the instructor for holiness. Somebody said, take out the garbage. See, many relationships are poisoned because people refuse to take the garbage out. You, you know what that is, right? You poison that relationship because you got all this garbage, all this waste from a previous relationship. Especially when you've been married before, if you don't watch it, you will have the propensity to, to judge your current spouse based on your previous spouse. See, see, you need to take the garbage out. And see, see, this is why God intended for two virgins to get married. Because see, when two virgins get married, there's no garbage. And since probably none of us were virgins when we got married, <laughs> how many were virgins when they got married? <laughs> see, y'all, y'all, see, this is truth. Let's deal with truth. I, I know I wasn't, right? We, we gone. So, so listen, <laughs> I was way on the outside of the camp. So, so but she knew it because I told her. I told, so, now listen, now listen. So, because I was on the outskirts of the camp, she was in the camp. But not by the temple. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> shoot, since I'm out there, I mean, you know, <laughs> here we go. So, so since I, I, had, I had all my garbage, some people call it luggage, suitcases, whatever you want to call it, and, 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 and she had her little stuff. I had my stuff. And she had her stuff, right? So, 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 yeah, a truck. My stuff was in a truck. Yeah, I had a truckload of stuff. But when we came together, we brought garbage to our relationship. Why? Why? Because now I'm having to deal with, come on, I don't care how Christian you are. I don't care how saved you think you are. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care how much you study the word of God. I don't care how much you come to church and worship. I'm just in love with Jesus. Everything you ever did is stored in this computer right here. And sometimes stuff will come up. Some waste, a picture, an experience 
that you had with one person in your past, you look at somebody that looked like that person in your past, and boom, there you go. You know, that looked like Linda. Mm, boy. And there you go. There's your thought life. Why? Because now you're going back to an experience that you had when you were drunk up, drugged up, and sexed up. And then when you focus on all of that stuff and you try to come back into a wholesome relationship, your heart is being pulled because you don't treat her like that experience. Because what you're trying to do is get something out of her that you got out of her. And what you got out of her was perversion. And what you're getting out of here is purity. Hello, somebody. But see, but see, what happens when your mind just goes on those thoughts, you get toxins in your system and waste in your system. And it poisons your mind. That's why Apostle Paul says, cast your mind on things above and not on the earth. Because when you cast your mind on things above, you think about God. You think about that wholesome relationship. You think about the divorce. You think about all that money you got to give up. Right? And if that don't bring your narrow behind home, your conviction should. Is this making sense at all? Somebody said, take the garbage out. See, take the garbage out. Take the garbage out. See, see, church, church splits because they refuse to take the garbage out. Why? Because you got some deacon board who won't sin in the house. Probably because it's their son or daughter. But instead of bringing truth in the house and having a pastor installed in the house who can address truth, they would rather split the church because they refuse to take the trash out. Somebody said, take the garbage out. Take the garbage out. Marriages fail because they refuse to take the garbage out. All right, I ain't going to go there. The anointing will lift from a service because they refuse to take the garbage out. Somebody said, take the garbage out. Now, 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 the garbage, and here, I'm, and I'm almost done. The garbage don't leave. You have to take it out. <laughs> See, you, you can look at, you can look at some, you can look at some dong and say, get out. It's going to look back. The dong has to be taken out. Now, there were people, their sole job was to take the waste out. How would you like to have had that job? Now, listen, listen, listen. Okay, all right. Let's go there. It's going to be kind of crude, but I'm going to go there anyway. So you go to other people's houses to collect their buckets of dong. And you got it, and you've got it, and the dome gate ain't close. We're not talking about like across the street. You had to walk as hot, it's, it's, somebody say hot. hot. Say it like you, 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 you in Saudi Arabia, hot. <laughs> it's hot. Which means there are flies and gnats and bugs. <laughs> you, you walking. Y'all got it? You got the picture? See, y'all see, y'all never done nothing like this, so I got I to gotta paint a picture for you. And so you walking, you can't slap them because your hands are full. Oh, so they're all around your head, you, 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 you know, especially if y'all don't like bugs, they'll have the women in here already gone, ooh, Lord, have mercy, they already, <laughs> I'm going to have to pray for y'all at the service. So you walking, now, now, now listen, 
It would be bad enough if it was yours. <laughs> but you taking you 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 taking somebody else. You you taking. Wait a minute. You 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 taking somebody else's concerns. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, 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 you taking somebody else's bitterness? Wait a minute, you mean to tell me because they shared a story with you that's probably not even true. Now you bitter too, so you're taking their bitterness, you're carrying it, and you got gnats and bugs. You know, you know, the Bible says that, that one of the names that they called Jesus was Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. Why? Because demons are like flies. You, they, they, they pester you. Right? They, they, they distract you because you're trying to do something. They just, they just, just, you break stuff all around the house trying to kill a fly, and they still flying around your head. That's demons. Demons are a distraction, and they always want to distract you from your calling. They want to distract you from your destiny, and they're always flying around you. You're hitting at them, and you're breaking stuff, and you're hurting relationships, and you get out of marriage, and all kinds of stuff are happening because of the distractions. This guy's carrying everybody else's dong outside camp. But there's one man I know. He's called the porter of the Dome Gate. This man, he says, okay, I see all your waste. He said, but you know what I'm going to let you do? I'm going to let you throw all of your waste on me. He's the porter of the Dome Gate. And this is what he said. The Bible says something interesting about this porter. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became a porter. <laughs> he who knew no sin became dawn. So he was willing to be the porter. Why? He said, I take all your mess. He said, don't bother me. Bring it on. He said, cast your cares. Come on, somebody. He said, cast your cares on me. Why? He said, I see the dawn. I see your weight. I see things that are poisoning your life. And all you need to do is cast your cares upon me because I am the porter. You don't have to go to the dawn gate. Now you just come to the cross. See, see, when you just come to the cross, you can leave all of that bitterness, all of that forgiveness, all of that hatred, all of that racism, all of that unbelief, all of that disobedience. You leave it at the foot of the cross. Why? Because Jesus says, I'm the porter. Bring it to me. I'll take care of it. In other words, he said, if you just bring me your waste, I'll turn you into a worshiper. Glory to God. He said, just, just bring it all. If you bring me your poison, he said, I'll turn you into a praiser. Glory to God. So there's an exchange that takes place. And you know, all the, all the only thing Jesus says don't do is don't come back and get your waste. Because if you do, you're a dawn collector. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. 
Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.